It's a creature of the week with Andrew Johnson. Kia ora, Andy. How are you going, mate? Good, eh? Good, good. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm well. Yeah, yeah, doing good. Sun's just about to come out, mate. Yeah, it looks so, like it might actually turn out to be a nice day. It's turning into a goodie. Yeah, after the weeks we've had before the rain and yeah, wind. And, yeah, we deserve it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, how are you, man? Uh, what are we talking about today? Today, so for Creature of the Week, this week, we are going to talk about, drumroll please, the Kaka. Kaka. The Kaka, yeah, which is a, a lovely parrot uh, endemic to Aotearoa, New Zealand, and who I actually had the fortune of seeing quite recently. Really? Yeah, yeah, I went down to Arakanui and it was awesome. So we have a bit of a population of Kaka. We do, yeah, yeah. Arakanui. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll, you'll see them quite, quite frequently in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought we could just talk about Kaka because recently we had some quite strong winds. Yeah. And I've been seeing a lot of stuff about all these big birds kind of have to hunker down and, and protect themselves from all these big gusts of wind in their natural habitat. And so, yeah, this one, this one goes out to you, Kaka. You, 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 you've been fighting well in the wind, and uh, this one's for you. Yeah, stay hunkered. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, 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 they live in trees. Yeah, they do. They do. They live actually in tree hollows. Tree hollows. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, you'll find them sort of like uh, in tree kind of um, trunks and whatnot, uh, like five meters up off the ground. So they're up in the up in the um, forest area, and. Um, they're, yeah, they're found in like big stretches of forest. That's where they're the most happy. Um, and like podocarp forests, which is in New Zealand, that's kind of your your standard forest. That's your big trees and your and your lots of ferns and bush on the ground. And they're also found in beech trees as well. Yeah. Okay, so they have quite a wide range of habitat. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, before. Um, European arrival and stuff—they were all over New Zealand. All over New Zealand. Yeah, but now with you know, forestation and like um, like habitat reduction and pests and stuff, they're sort of depleted into these sort of isolated pockets. But mm. yeah, these kind of Go- big foster forest they're, areas. They're quite similar to the kia. They are. They're very similar. Yeah. But the kia is just an alpine parrot. Just, just alpine. Chills yeah. out in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. So, so they have a very similar. Like they have a common ancestor. Right. So, so there was a a, um, a a kia kaka like ancestor that. Decided. Well, I'm gonna go. One's gonna go off to the forest and live its life there, and the other one's gonna go to the alpine and live its life there. Oh, wow. And so, over you know millions of years and, and evolution and all these amazing things, we've ended up with two different species. Now they're cousins. Now they're cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same. yeah. So you know, you you probably know like the the kia is quite a. People know about it being quite boisterous and cheeky, quite in, cheeky in the alpine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stealing and so, uh, window wipers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Whereas the kaka. Arguably just as cheeky, perhaps, but yeah, definitely more in the forest area. And right. maybe a little less well-known, perhaps? I'm not sure. Y- yeah, for sure. Do they look similar? Very similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, oh, man, you'll, yeah, you'll love. Like, Kaka have this gorgeous kind of red-orangey feathers that, that you see when it catches the sunlight. Wow. And it looks like they're sort of like a light or a glow or like a flame. Or it's like it's, a phoenix. Just uh, like, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is gorgeous. Wow. You should definitely, definitely go out and try and see one if you can. Uh, it... Is there some cultural significance to the colour? Yeah, actually, no, there is. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was looking into it because I was trying to think, you know, what, maybe did they have anything with, with early Maori or anything? And, um, yeah, apparently uh, red was seen as quite a, like a, um, a high-up colour. Like a regal, quite like a chiefly, yeah, yeah, quite yeah. a chiefly colour. So you'd only apparently find um, kaka feathers on, like, chiefly um, cl- uh, cloaks and, and whatnot. Wow. So it's it sort of reserved for those, those, um, those members of the iwi. Wow. Um, but there were also apparently like kept as pets as well you know that people would feed them and keep them in the area um and also there's a there's a myth because because um 
when you're out in the forest, you'll definitely hear the kaka before you see it. Say, just because yeah. it's so loud. Like, I mean, just the flapping of the wings is loud. Its call is really loud. It's like a, like a kaka kind of sound, like, you know, sort of like the name would suggest. Um, and so there's sort of a myth that they're kind of gossiping or, or chattering in the forest to each other. And so, yeah, is that sort of idea smack. as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Maybe, maybe. Um, they're... For any Wellingtonians listening, yeah. um, they're a pretty common sight in Wellington, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you, the, you see them all around the city. You do, yeah, and that's that's the reason behind that is because kaka being protected in areas like Zealandia, yeah. which is uh, sort the of the other canoe equivalent. Yeah, yeah. If anyone does know, it's a, it's an eco sanctuary based in the, the heart of, of Wellington, and because they're being looked after there, they've started to sort of outreach and explore the rest of, of Wellington as well. So if you're in Wellington, it's not uncommon apparently to see a kaka. Gorgeous, really Just like cool. A, Way more exciting than a pigeon. Oh my gosh! Yeah, way more exciting. Way more exciting. But you know, really, really beautiful. And and they're they um the way they eat is they'll often um, tear away at bark mm. uh, or or uh, or dead um, wood or whatnot to get to bugs and and and, and things like that. But um or, or sap that's in the trees. But apparently they're being a bit of a, a menace in Wellington as well, sort of tearing away at people's trees. Oh really? <laughs> in their gardens, yeah. Oh, their trays, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. Leave them, leave them to the kaka, right? Um, we shouldn't feed them. Uh, we shouldn't feed them anything that's uh sort of man-made, like breads yes. and, and those kind of things. Um, seeing as how they're more like a nectar-based mm. feeder, so. They're more gonna like um, berries and uh, well, they'll commonly uh, invertebrates, little insects, and, yeah. and then nectars and honeydew and those kind of foods. Yeah. So yeah, best not to feed them crackers or bread or anything. Like I've that. I've heard that before. I've um, actually, when I was doing some research on the kaka, I found out that uh, very well-intentioned Wellingtonians leaving oh, yeah. bread and crackers out for the kaka um, are actually causing quite a bit of nasty metabolic bone disease in juvenile oh, kaka. Wow, really. So, so yeah, be be really careful and yeah. admire them from a distance and don't mess with their eating habits. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It just kind of shows that that sort of interaction between animals and humans. Eh? Like, yeah. obviously this is very well intentioned and, and and you know obviously a, a good idea for the by the by the humans. But yeah, just does you know. Guess I guess do your research, listen to Creature of the Week, find out what you yeah, can exactly. what you can feed your right plug, yeah. <laughs> what you can feed your animals and um yeah and keep them nice and happy and yeah happy and safe yeah 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 and um. It was so funny. Uh, before I googled, uh, before this show, I googled baby kaka, and mm-hmm. kaka, kaka is in a lot of uh, colloquial language. It means poo. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and right. I googled, and I get, so don't Google baby kaka. Don't, yeah, don't. Anyone out there listening, please, please don't. But it's I really wanted to find like a cute image of like a, <laughs> of a baby kaka. So I googled baby kaka bird. Nice. Uh, to see some cute stuff, but then I found out they're not. Have you? They're not cute. They're not. Very they're cute. not no, cute as chicks. No, um, I mean, that's the that's the case for a lot of birds. Eh? They're sort of these like kind of wet, slimy, like feathery, <laughs> and really creatures. disproportionate with yeah. huge heads and tiny wings yeah, and yeah, big yeah. claws and stuff. It's not that great. And yeah, they they really glow up. They they really <laughs> glow up. Oh my gosh, big glow up for a bird. And it, they apparently they they kind of get pushed out of the nest quite quickly as well. So really they're out, kind of. Yeah, searching on the, on the forest floor first before they start to fly and, and whatnot. When you say pushed out of the n- nest, you mean it quite literally, right? Uh, I'm not sure how literally, but uh, I've been reading about how they kind of would go out and, and forage on the floor first before they start their flying stuff. So right. I guess it's slightly um, encouraged. I'm not sure. Is I it not for the research? Common practice of birds to to push their chicks out of the nest to kind of test whether they can fly. They can fly it, yeah, m- m- quite possibly. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's. 
across all bird species, but I definitely happens. It definitely occurs. Yeah, because there's this like there's this uh, David Attenborough scene which sticks out to me. I think it's of puffins. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm completely wrong, but it's like they they will jump off a cliff and like take the oh, gnarliest really? tumble down the cliff oh, wow. to kind of like see whether or not they can fly and it's kind of like a do or die do it, like, you gotta do it now situation. or anything else yeah. oh gosh yeah um, scary yeah well, well I mean the equivalent I guess for a cliff in Aotearoa is like pests you know like we, they get pushed out and they're on the ground and if they can yeah. survive all the stoats and possums and stuff on the ground yeah. then then they're good to go yeah they can survive but I guess that's just uh, evolutionary adaptation to not having pests mm. in this country for so long that all these bird species that we have often spend a lot of time on the ground because it's where all the bugs are it's where all the, the nice juicy grubs in the ground are so so why wouldn't you uh the the obvious question is mm. how, how how do how are pests interfering with kaka population are they or well, yeah i mean they'll the fact that they kaka nest in trees is actually not the best because when they nest inside tree cavities, there's only one entry and one exit. Yeah. So there's cases of stoats and whatnot going into this exit, sort of trapping yeah. the what the birds are in there and then and then uh, finishing them off, which is terrible. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of those issues, and then again the fledglings being eaten on the ground as well. Yeah. yeah. And and the fact they even just kaka require quite a large stretch of forest, so. Habitat modification is also a big issue yeah. for kaka as well. Yeah, kaka do quite well on offshore islands. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're actually um, a species that just really that does so well when there's predator control yeah. in the area. Right. They flourish. They just flourish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I think I saw something recently. Uh, I read where, in the span of like ten years, the population of a of an island doubled to like. You know, five hundred to a thousand or something. Wow! Just because they didn't have any. Wow! Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Given the opportunity, they do They'll super flourish. well. They do so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they're um, they they breed in sort of like the spring and summer, but they they their breeding is quite closely tied to um, like if there's food available. Yeah. And if they're if they're able to have food and whatnot. So if you go to Orokanui, um, the way you'll see them is that you'll see them on all these uh, feeding stations, which encourages extra feeding. Which in turn encourages extra breeding, wow. which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. and they're oh, they're so clever. They're so clever yeah. when they do it. They'll there's this sort of station with a, a lever on it, and the lever uh, can only be pushed by a heavy enough bird. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you need a heavy bird like the kaka to come and step on it, and then that will um, activate like or open up the lid to where all the all the food is, which is which is really cool to see. So you we walk around, you got oh, all these feeding stations, cool. you see the kaka swooping down it's so like, majestic when they swoop down and you have a little feed and, and go yeah yeah um every bird you bring on the show uh, is, is constantly challenging that like uh, concept of bird brain like yeah. these are really really intelligent <laughs> there's animals. some really intelligent birds out there yeah, absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean and these guys i mean there's also in these feeding stations um sugar water yeah. as well so that's Less for their uh, less for feeding and more to just encourage them to stay within the reserve. Mm. So, so like, because there's a predator-proof fence around Arkanui. Yeah, there's no roof. There's no roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they could just fly if they wanted to. So, in order to encourage them to stay, that's kind of why they they'll feed them as well to keep them nice and protected. Yeah, got you. And they've got these little um, these little tongues that they'll so they'll they'll go up next to the the feeding. Um, the the water the sugar water which kind of looks like a little like hamster yeah. water thing if you know what I'm talking about 
and they'll get in there and they'll open their beak up and they've got this little tongue that has like a little uh, spoon kind of at the end of it and they'll just sort of lap it up and lap up all the sugar water. It's really <laughs> cute. You should, you should definitely yeah. see it. So there's a bit of spillover and I guess this is what's happening in Wellington with Sealandia. Um, the populations of kaka there mm. are spilling over into the neighbouring <laughs> region. Mm-hmm. Is that happening at uh, Otakanui? Are, are birds migrating to other... Co- will they come into Dunedin ever? I, yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, there are definitely is cases of kaka being spotted outside of Otakanui. Like yeah. They definitely go off and they adventure and, and have a look around. But I don't, I haven't heard of any cases in Dunedin itself. They can't get enough of that sugar water. Yeah, man, yeah, why, yeah. why would you leave? It's like a party there. <laughs> yeah. um, and also, it's a little far away as well. Yeah, it's true. like a 20 minute drive or so. so. Yeah. But but actually, Kia are pretty good at flying as well. There, there's cases of them flying, I think it's like 25 Ks over open water from mm. islands to islands. So they're pretty good flyers. Wow. So, yeah. hey, maybe, maybe if we keep the kaka population going well in Orokanui, we might see them in our backyards. Backyard kaka power. How awesome oh, would that, that be? That would be amazing. That would be truly amazing. Um, Andy, you went to uh, Otakanui and you made a video about it for Andrew Jans- on Andrew Johnson Wildlife TikTok. I, I did, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a great place to kind of find more of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you want, uh, follow along on, on some adventures, then it's just it's andyjohnson.wildlife. I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram. Um, do a little plug there. But yeah, I did it for. Uh, a video on kaka. I did a video on uh, pigeons recently as well, and sort of talked about how um, pigeons are are kind of almost like stray animals rather than wild animals. So, so they were domesticated and domesticated then they did their own thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it's like like stray dogs, stray cats in the streets, like stray birds because they're a domesticated animal. So, if you want to learn about that as well and a bunch of other stuff, you can you can find me there. Andy Johnson Wildlife as well. Um, hey man, thank you so much again for coming on the show. It's been no such a wonderful conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. Such a wonderful animal. I loved it. Uh, can't wait for the next time. If you want to uh, get more of uh, the Andrew Johnson Wildlife goodness, you can find him on TikTok, you can find him on Instagram. Plug it one more time, Andy. Uh, Andy Johnston.wildlife. There it is. There it is. You know where to find him. That was a Radio 191 event podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.